Welcome to Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff, where we interview newsmakers, storytellers, and all-around interesting people. Sit back, relax, uh, unless you're driving, and enjoy the show. Here's Jackson. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jackson Huff. This is Not in a Huff. Thanks so much for joining me. Appreciate it as always. Another great week for you. I am interviewing Chaz Starbuck. Now, before I kind of go into a little bit more about him, maybe you hear the name, you're like, oh, yeah, I know him. Super pumped for the interview. But if you don't, let me tell you just a little bit about how uh, I decided to, to go on the, a search to, to interview him or, or someone in his area. Um, just like a lot of people, been scrolling through Disney Plus and, and really enjoying some of those old Disney Channel original movies that I grew up watching. You know, when I was growing up in in you know, the late 90s, early 2000s, seems like every Friday or at least one Friday a month, there was a new Disney Channel original movie. There was a song for it and, and everything, but uh, they almost all were, were pretty darn good. You know, looking back, they're, they're kind of goofy and, and some of the plots were kind of silly, but uh, they were all just kind of a part of, of nostalgia, part of my childhood. You know how much I like, you know, getting nostalgic and, and talking to people um, who was part of my childhood and part of a lot of other people's as well. So Chaz Starbuck is exactly that. He was the star of a Disney Channel original movie. His was the 13th year. Um, we're going to talk about exactly what the 13th year was about. Uh, if you hadn't seen it, but I've just really enjoyed kind of seeing some of those nostalgic movies. I've watched quite a few of them now that uh, now that Disney Plus is a thing. Some of them I thought, oh my gosh, I forgot all about that. But this was one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. So it was just really interesting to talk to him over 20 years later. He didn't stay in acting. He, he stayed in acting a little bit after this movie. But... Uh, he left after that. We'll talk all about why he decided to, to leave acting and what he is doing now. We're going to talk a lot about how he got into acting to begin with. We're going to talk about the movie and what it was like being a, a Disney Channel star for, for a couple of years. And, uh, he, he, you know, a lot of really, really interesting things about the acting profession, about how Disney operates, about how it is to be in a movie when you didn't really come from a, a ton of acting before that. Um, it was a really, really cool conversation. I think you'll enjoy this one. You'll, I think you'll you'll really like to, to hear from him if, if this is part of your childhood as well. And then uh, just his story of overcoming uh, several different um, adversities when it comes to um, dyslexia and uh, a few other things. So I think that you'll... Uh, You'll enjoy this one, and you'll like to hear exactly what he's up to now. So without further ado, here is my interview with Chez Starbuck. I am here today with Chez Starbuck. Chez, how are you? Good. Good to, good to meet you, man. Thanks for having me on your, uh, your podcast. Oh, for sure. Thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. So, yeah, I mean, the first thing I want to talk about is, is your name. We were just talking about it before we started recording, but Chez Starbuck, that is, I guess, kind of was your, your stage name when you were, were acting, your your actual name is, I assume that it, it has some kind of, I guess, connection to, to maybe, I, I don't know, a, a Latin connection. I'm not sure exactly what it is. <laughs> no, yeah. So uh, my, my whole name is Cesare Starnella. Um, a lot of, you know, when I was growing up, 
nobody knew how to say Cesare or mm -hmm. so, and it's spelled C-E-S-A-R-A-Y. So everybody would, you know, the teachers and stuff like that, they would call me Cesare or Cesara or Cesare. <laughs> um, so then I just, you know, decided to cut it short and make it C-H-E-Z so everybody could, you could say Ches. Um, and then people started calling me Shea because C-H-E-Z is French. But uh, anyways, uh, Ches stuck with me. And uh, my mother's family's name is Starbuck. Um, so I, my agent at the time thought it was really catchy just to just to have my mom's last name instead of Sarnella and keep Ches. So it's yeah, Ches Starbuck became uh, became my stage name. Easier to say, pretty catchy because everybody drinks Starbucks. So <laughs> so it worked out. That makes sense. Yeah. And given that you're the two names are kind of similar, I made the mistake when I was I was first emailing you. I kind of combine them. So do you ever get people with trying to trying to type Starnella? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's weird with names and when you have difficult names or weird names that people try to combine them or don't know how to say them. So it always comes out wrong. So I'm, I'm pretty used to, you know, uh, my name going wrong. <laughs> Right, right. No, I understand that. My my grandmother is from Germany. Her name is Gisela. Our favorite story is she had someone call like a telemarketer and say, uh, yes, is Godzilla there? No, Godzilla's not here. <laughs> so yeah, no, that, I can understand that. So where did Cesare come from? What I mean, what what's the roots behind that? That's I, I don't know that I've heard that before. Oh, so my, there's a movie uh, that that's called The Idol Maker. And it was uh, in the 80s, and it's about uh, an opera singer. Mm -hmm. And my mom and my, 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 I have some uncles and stuff like that that sang opera, and my mom loved opera, and she thought that I was going to be a, another an opera singer. Mm -hmm. And so she loved that movie, The Idolmaker, and the lead in The Idolmaker, his name is Cesare. Mm -hmm. And so she saw his name on lights in the movie and said, that's, that's what my son's name is going to be. Uh, but the, the real, it's basically Caesar with an A-Y, but it's a Sicilian name. I come, my name comes from a movie too. So I understand that, but believe it or not, I didn't get you on just to talk all about your name. So let, let's kind of, let's talk about, uh, I guess what, what, what we know you from, but before that, you know, I, I think we met you kind of as a, maybe an older, older adolescent, young teenager, um, but how did you how did you get involved in in acting? Um, I think you were in some commercials and and a, a, a kids news show, if I'm not mistaken, before we we really saw you in, in the Disney movie. Yeah, just, you know, it, acting wasn't something that was like really on my on my radar at all uh, when I was growing up. Uh, my brother uh, did a lot of a lot of fashion modeling. And, you know, for me, I was like, you know, I wasn't into I didn't really like to modeling or being in front of the camera at all um, and then it came to we moved to uh, Las Vegas from Colorado when we, I moved there when I was 13 so when I was 14 years old me and uh, some friends that I had made there they were, they had this big thing at the mall so they're having a, a, um, a Starbucks no I'm sorry a subway eating contest so we were just going there to eat free subs to <laughs> tell you the truth and so when we went to the mall I was like oh I'm just gonna eat a whole bunch of free subs and you can pick any sub that you want. <clears throat> but at the same time, in the food court where they're having that eating competition, there was about a thousand kids sitting in a whole bunch of chairs. And I was like, damn, I wonder what the hell is going on over there. So I, I looked and they're they're auditioning for a kids news program show for Channel 8. 
and the host of that was going to interview people, everybody that came to Las Vegas. So mm. Bette Midler, Carrot Top, you know, anybody that was going to mm. be performing, they wanted a couple kids uh, hosts. And so while I was waiting for my turn to eat subs, uh, my friends were like, I, I bet you won't go do that. And it's, you know, it's weird because I had um, dyslexia really bad when I was a kid. So I developed a talent to memorize everything. So if you gave me something, I would, I would look at it and I could memorize it. And that all became because when I was in school, I would memorize the chapters that we were going to read. And I counted how many kids were in front of me and each person would read a paragraph. So I'd know exactly what paragraph I was going to end up reading. And I would have it memorized so I didn't sound like I couldn't read. So when I went to do this, that audition, they gave me the script and I just memorized it. And so when I went up there, they had this teleprompter and they said, just tell us how slow or fast you want it. And I said, I don't care because I have it all memorized. Mm -hmm. And the producer was like, you have this memorized? And I said, yeah, I have the whole script memorized. And he said, go for it. So I, I just did my audition in front of, uh, you know, all the kids and, and uh, the producers. And as soon as I was done, they said, you got the job. Mm. And they said, we have to finish auditioning the rest of these kids, but we want you to be the, the host of kids news on channel eight. So that's, that's how it got started. And then Disney, uh, two years later, cause I did, uh, I was on uh, channel eight for two years as the host. And then Disney had contacted them, um, asking me to come and audition for the 13th year. Mm. And so I took my Volkswagen van and I, you know, I just, I, I drove to California and I, I, you know, I was in the room and I memorized the script and there was a whole bunch of other like famous kids there that I recognized from like Disney channel and other movies. And I was like, Oh, I don't know why I'm here. Like Jonathan Taylor Thomas is sitting over here. That kid that starred in, um, uh, what was that? Uh, Jack Frost was, was there. There was like a whole bunch of like Disney kids at the time. Uh, auditioning for it so I just went in and read for it and then I was leaving to go back to my van and the uh, casting director's assistant ran out and stopped me and he said we really want you to come to the second round of auditions and I said okay not a problem and they said uh, you're going to be swimming do you know how to swim do you know how to dive and I was like yeah I'm, I'm on the I'm on the diving team back in Las Vegas so the next day uh, we went to this uh, Olympic swimming pool and they said the what's going to make it is who could hold their breath the longest mm. and how fast uh, you can swim um, there and back. Uh, that was going to be the big thing. But I think it was more about holding your breath because half of those water scenes, you had a, a breathalyzer. I mean, like a like a uh, like scuba diving uh, breath gear in and you had to take it out of your mouth and be able to hold your breath for about two minutes while they mm. filmed those scenes oh, so you had to be able to hold your breath if you couldn't hold your breath then you couldn't you couldn't film it yeah. so i just i just told myself you know there was about five of us that were in the swimming pool and they said you go into water and hold your breath and i just told myself that i said no matter what i'm just going to hold my breath until every single person surfaces and then I'm going to be the last person in the swimming pool. And that's what I did. I just, I think I held my breath for about three minutes and 10 seconds and everybody else came up around two minutes. So I held it for another, you know, minute and 10 seconds after everybody else came up. And, uh, 
and then we swam uh, the swimming pool. And I, by the time that they went to the to the end of it, I had already came back. So oh. it was pretty much a, a done deal after after that second that second uh, audition. No, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. So a couple of things I want to I want to kind of talk about. Um, you know, based on what what you you just mentioned. One, you know, the glaring thing is you're talking about driving your, your Volkswagen van. It means that you were not actually in your 13th year, I'm assuming. No, yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was 16 years old. And, uh, you know, I had to shave my arms. I had to, when I was doing that, I had to shave my legs. Uh, I had to look like I was 13. But I was, I was small when I, when I did that uh, movie. I was maybe five foot three or five foot four. Um, and then it was, you know when I was 17, I, I had like this huge growth spurt and I, I sprouted up to six feet. And then by the time I was, you know, 18, I was six, three. So it was, <laughs> it was right. that I just got caught in that perfect, uh, perfect time frame when I was, when I was small enough that I could have done that, done the movie. You know, I've listened to a few other interviews with you and the things that people have glossed over one, you know, we, we you talk about that, that subway contest, did you actually get to eat any subs or did that, this thing ruin it for you? No, you didn't get any. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't actually get to eat any subs because I was no, because when I was going up to to do the uh, to do the monologue that they had prepared on the teleprompter, it was at the same time that I I could have gone and ate my subs, mm. but I mean, I just wanted free subs, but I had money, so I mean, I, I actually just went to Panda Express afterwards, but <laughs> but yeah, no, I didn't get to eat those damn subs, man. And I, I, I would have, because that's actually one of my favorite things is eating contests and they have tons of them out here in, in Texas and any chance I get to go to one where it's like the hottest hamburger or how many burritos or something you can eat. I, I, man, I go for it. Cause I, I love eating contests. That's awesome. Well, don't get you, you're going to get yourself stuck next time and you're going to have to be in another movie or something. So just be careful. No. So the, the other yeah. thing, the other thing too, um, you know, you, you, you got that job on, on the, the kids news show. Um, and we're, we're doing it for two years. Like you said, I mean, what, what was that experience? Like you, you said that about interviewing Bette Midler and Carrot Top. That's, that's pretty cool too. How was that? Yeah. Well, so there was, uh, there ended up being, um, three of us on the show. Um, they picked me to do the, the interview part. Um, mainly because I told them that I was, uh, that reading off the teleprompter wasn't my thing. So, you know, I, I didn't have, I mean, everything that they gave me, I would have to memorize it. So they were like, okay, you can do the interviews. Um, and I was always really good at just, you know, making stuff up on the fly. So the interview parts was, was really, really fun. You know, I got to go to every show that was in Las Vegas for free. Mm. You know, I went to any of the, you know, the blue man group, um, uh, Cirque du Soleil. I did all the, you know, I did those interviews with, um, the people that, that made them, uh, some of their stars. I love jumping on the trampoline. So uh, during that interview, I was able to show off some of my trampoline skills. Uh, but then, you know, Care Top was awesome. Uh, Bette Midler was cool. Um, and you know, anybody that, uh, they wanted me to, inter I, Siegfried and Roy, I met them. Yeah, the two years that I was there really helped me out a lot um, from being camera shy. So there was, you know, I was always in front of, you know, more than just a camera person and a lighting person. There was lots of people there. So when you, if you can get used to talking around 20 people, 20, 30 people that are in a room, uh, then, 
going to movies when there's a hundred people on set, uh, wasn't a big, wasn't a big leap. All my nerves, um, I had, they were already gone by the time those, those, I started doing auditions. And so it was, it was very easy. I wasn't afraid to go into the audition room. Uh, and that's where I think a lot of people, they sort of fail at is they start acting instead of just be themselves and, and read the lines. It's because you're, you're nervous and you're scared and you're just, you're waiting to respond instead of listening to what the person says and then just, and just do your job. Um, so yeah, it, uh, those two years were, were very, you know, were amazing to, to me actually being able to act. That would definitely be a, a crash course in, in being able to be in front of a camera, which sir served you well later on. So for, for those who, you know, let's talk about the, the movie um, the 13th year for those who have not seen it, um, whether they're, because there's a wide variety of listen to this. So maybe they're too young or they're too old. Um, but uh, tell us just briefly what, what the movie was about a brief synopsis. Yeah. So the 13th year was about a boy that uh, when he turned 13, he uh, sprouted fins and turned into a merman instead of a, a mermaid, obviously. Um, and then, you know, he had to, he was, he was on land and he started uh, sprouting fins every time he touched the water and he was uh, coming to grasps with the, uh, being a merman and then by the end he decided that he needed to to go back to the sea but it's a yeah. it's 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 a down it's just a disney disney original movie that worked you know at the time it was they the reason why they didn't do another one is because it uh it cost too much to make that movie right, right, so right. they and went over budget a lot yeah. And that's kind of what I, I was going to ask you about that, you know, about those budgets, because back then, I think this came out in 1999 or something close to that. And back then they were just cranking out these Disney yeah. Channel original movies, you know, like all the time. So I just wondered what kind of budget was normally behind them? Was it something where they actually put some budget they behind usually, it or was it totally just like, let's just crank these out as cheap as we can and move on to the next one? Yeah, basically that was it. I think that their budget might have been, um, you know, what I heard it was was around a million dollars for it, oh, wow. um, especially because like the the CGI and stuff. But they went over budget, and I think it was like two and a half million dollars to make it. Mm. So you know, even though it was like at that time, uh, it was the highest watched Disney Channel original movie at the time. Um, they, I guess, it was just too much for Disney to to make another one and so that they they sort of just they scrapped it um but you know disney after that kept me working for for a long time uh traveling the united states and uh doing um doing disney road shows and i mean that was just a lot of fun i got to meet like you know all the um you know like justin timberlake and all those people that were in the mickey mouse club so they would all do performances and i would get to introduce them Hmm. Um, and then they were, we would do a Mickey and Minnie show and then, um, you know, do interviews and then, you know, meet and greets and stuff like that. But we traveled the United States for, I don't know, another, another year after the movie came out. Tell us just a, a little bit about the overall experience of being in the movie. Maybe some things that would surprise us about the process, anything like that. Well, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to be in movies, um, if you want to be, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of sitting around. Um, so you sit around most of the time, um, when it comes to acting, even if you don't have acting skills, I would say that 
80% of actors, it's based about their looks. So if they fit the part, they get the role. Mm-hmm. Um, it also is who that they, who they know. Um, when it comes to the acting, you don't have to be a great actor. They're, they will hire you acting coaches that are going to work with you on set to get the, the, the phrases and the way they want you to stay stuff out. So um, it, it, all these, you know, people that are going to Hollywood and trying to become actors, it's not about you actually being able to say the words right when you're in the audition room. If you look exactly like th- that part needs to look, then you're going to get the job. And it also is, like I said, if you know people, if you know casting directors, they'll cast you and stuff. And it's not about, it's not about the acting. So that was one thing that I learned when I was on set was that I didn't have to say it right. Cause they're going to have somebody tell me exactly how they wanted to say it. And then you sit around for most of the time. Uh, and then being 16, I had to get, um, you know, I had to have class as well. So you wake up at 4am, you go on set, then you have to do your schoolwork because you're not in school and you have to do your schoolwork. And then you just basically sit around for, you know, 14, 15 hours. And then the time that you're actually acting is only probably a couple hours of that. So most of the time you're, you're sitting in your trailer or going to school or eating. I ate a lot there. Um, and then, you know, it was just trying to develop relationships so you can, you know, you can be in something else. Um, and then a green screen was something else that was really cool that I, I didn't know about. Um, so if, like me, when I was hoisted up on the ceiling, I was sitting on a scaffolding, right. Uh, in a chair. And I just held my feet on the ceiling. So half of those scenes, uh, that you see, or in a lot of movies, the, ent- the entire room is green. And then they, they just put in what, what it needs to look like. So that was really funny to me. I'm like sitting on this big chair hoisted up to the ceiling or I'm, I'm doing this and I'm like, how is this even possible? And then when you watch it, like, Oh my God, that's so cool. I didn't know that if it was green that they could just edit it completely out at that time. I, I had no clue that that's, that's how it worked. Um, but yeah, what acting is just a, it's, it's a different animal. I didn't really, you know, I enjoyed the movie and then I did a couple things after, but it really wasn't uh, really wasn't for me. And that, and that is always kind of a, an interesting thing. I think everyone, you know, when, when they hear people who leave the, the acting world, everyone's like, Oh, why? But I, I do think that it, it probably takes a certain, certain type of person. And if, if you have passions beyond that, then I guess there's no reason to keep chasing it. Cause it doesn't sound like it's necessarily the easiest thing to be involved in all the time. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's like anything else. Um, it's a, it's a business. So that's, that's how you're, you know, you want to make your money. Um, for me, you know, when I was, uh, when I was traveling with Disney, I got a, a little bit of taste of, uh, when I was hanging out with other people or I was, um, uh, going down in New York and then a whole bunch of kids would be chasing me down the street because they recognized me from the movie. Um, any of that, uh, being recognized stuff didn't, I, I didn't really like that. Another thing is with acting, people think that you're going to make uh, a ton of money uh, being an actor. You have to give, you got 45% of your check uh, goes to California, right? And then you have 10% that goes to your agent, another 10% that goes to your manager. So, and then you have a, if you have a publicist, you got another five to 8% that goes to your publicist. So, but, you know, if you made a hundred thousand dollars, 
if that's what you got for it, then you might walk away with $25,000 of it. Um, and so, and then that has to carry you into your next project, right? So you have to book something within a couple months. So you're basically living paycheck to paycheck unless you're an A-list actor. Uh, even then, you know, you make $5 million and then you might walk away with a million dollars of it. And so people think that, you know, people are making all this, this money. Uh, and it's true if you're a Robert Downey Jr. or something like that. And I realized that when I was in my 20s and then I started my own businesses and I was like, you know, I need to make real money and I want it consistent and I want I want to live a certain lifestyle and I can't do it. Um, just hoping that I get another job in the next couple months. So, you know, a lot of people that are in the industry, they, you know, they'll, they'll be a waiter until they think they, they hit it big, but you know, it's, it's just all the weight. It's all a waiting game. And most of the time you're stressed out and the, the ones that are really making it, that's like 1% of the people on earth, 1%. And there's what, how many, how many people live in California? But you got millions and millions of people. And I would say 15 million people want to be an actor and 1% of the 1% is going to actually make it. Yeah. So you have a lot of waiters and hostesses and uh, bus boys that are trying to do those auditions. And uh, that's just something that I couldn't, uh, I couldn't afford to take the risk on. Yeah. And I don't know whether it's the, it's the case with, with Disney, but I, I've talked to some, I guess, some child stars that were in were in things on on Nickelodeon. So I guess the the other kids channel. But they talked about how as a child star, and I think you kind of alluded to it. You know, they they kind of, for I guess a lack of a better word, kind of just just used up the talent. Didn't really pay very well for it. So it was kind of a. a a thing where, you know, you, once you're making the transition, you have to decide, you know, is this something I really want to work hard for and try to make some money because, you know, I'm not really getting paid very well for it right now. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. That, uh, kid actors, unless you're, unless you're somebody's um, nephew or unless, you know, you're well tied in, it takes, it takes a lot to get into those circles. Uh, you know, there's a lot of like meet and greets. you got to, you know, you, it's just, it, it really takes uh, knowing people and to get to know people, there's a lot of stuff that comes with it. And, uh, you know, I'm not that much of a person that I, I, I don't really want to go out and socialize a lot. <laughs> and, you know, as, as, as a kid, I'm like, you know, as I'm growing up as in my teenage years, I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And my agents and my managers are like, you have to go to this. You have to go to that. And I'm like, why can't I just go to auditions? Mm -hmm. And if I'm good enough, then I can get the role. And there, that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. So you have to be in certain circles. You have to go to certain functions. You have to go and meet casting directors. You have to go and meet producers. You have to go to these parties. You have to do this. And that's something that a lot of people don't realize. They're like, I'm just going to go to Hollywood and I'm going to do some auditions and I'm going to book a major role. That's not, that's not how it's going to happen. And I have a lot of friends that are still in acting that are doing really well. And, you know, even them, there, there's a lot of stuff that they had to do that they wish they didn't have to do. And, uh, you know, none of that stuff I was willing to do. And, uh, so at the end of the day, um, it was like a, a breaking ways with my manager and, and my agent, I was supposed to show up to certain functions and I didn't feel comfortable and I didn't want to do them. 
And so uh, they both let me go. And that was, that was pretty much, pretty much it. I was like, this is, that's the final straw. I'm, I'm just, I'm done with it. So I, yeah. I left, but everybody has their own, their own stories. And if you have a family that are into the industry and they know a lot of people, then you, then you're better well off. But when you're, you're coming from not knowing people and trying to jump into it, there's a lot of other stuff that, that goes on that, uh, you know, people should be, you know, you don't need to be doing, you know, <laughs> was your parents, I mean, what, what was, I mean, you were already 16, but were your parents, were they, did they want you to stay in it? Were they supportive of whatever you wanted to do? Or I guess what, what was their overall thoughts given that they weren't necessarily the one that kind of pushed you in that direction? You, you kind of found it on your own. So what, I, I guess, what did they think when you all of a sudden was in a, a Disney channel movie and all this kind of stuff? Well, my, my parents owned um, a couple wedding chapels in Las Vegas. Um, my parents are like very entrepreneurial. They had, they, my, my family's always had money. So that's one thing that I, unlike other people, I didn't have to worry about finances. So it was something that, you know, I liked doing. So all that extra stuff, like going to those events and going to that, those parties, you know, and, and meeting people, I didn't have to do it because I really technically, I didn't need to act. So I've never been without money. So I'm, I'm lucky in that, that regard. Um, and I've, my parents have always helped me, um, start businesses and business ventures, which have made me, made me quite a bit of money. Um, so during, even when I was in my twenties, I owned, you know, two companies. Um, and then, you know, it was, so it, I, they were just like, Chez, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. They're like, if you like to do it, then continue to do it. But that's just, that's just something a lot of people don't have the luxury of saying no. Um, and I could, I could say no. And that's what was my downfall in the, in the acting. You know, I, I was just like, I, I don't want to do it. I don't need to do it. I don't need the money. I don't need to be a waiter and, and all that stuff. So my parents were always a hundred percent for me of, uh, you know, doing whatever I wanted to do and, uh, and being successful. That, that was their main goal is how, how do I make my son uh, successful? And if it's not making you happy, then they're like, just, just don't do it and, and, and quit. But the actual acting itself is a lot of fun. Oh. It's everything that's behind acting that is not fun. Um, I wish that, you know, the kids that are going to start acting or want to go into acting, um, that they can experience the fun of it and not, and not all the other, the bullshit. But I think that's a lot of that stuff's coming to light these days. Um, and I, I think that'll be, that'll happen in the future, but, um, more of these kids are getting into, you can be a YouTube star, you can do all this stuff on your own, or just like you and your podcast. Um, if you get recognized and you get a certain amount of following, you can make the same amount of income. So as you see in TV, the TV ratings are going down. Uh, the YouTube ratings are going up. Uh, the same thing for podcasts. You can get someone like Joe Rogan or uh, Tim, what's that, Tim Dillashaw. He's, you can have millions and millions of people watching you. That's more than that, that are people that are watching the Super Bowl. So I think that the whole industry on the internet is so much more powerful and it gives kids and it gives people another opportunity to be able to get that kind of freedom, uh, get that type of success, get that type of money and not, 
not have to put up with all the other stuff that the industry is is putting in. And these other companies um, like Netflix and these um, these other avenues, instead of TV executive type stuff, you have a better opportunity of finding success than actually going to Hollywood. You can do it now from wherever you're at. You know, I'm in Texas. So wherever you want to be, you can actually, if you put in your, you know, your energy and stuff into it, like you're doing with this podcast, you can actually find a tremendous amount of success um, and notoriety and stuff like that. And you don't have to put up with the, with the other stuff. So yeah, if your parents are, are behind you and help you and you have a great support system, you can definitely do whatever you want to do. So a couple, just a couple more questions. You, you talked about how you, you didn't necessarily like back then getting recognized. I mean, n- knowing now and, and kind of remembering, I obviously I can, I can tell you look relatively similar, but not similar enough that I would think that it's a common, super common occurrence, but do you get recognized at all? I get recognized um, by women in their thirties. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm so, sure that makes your wife. Super yeah. That, you know, my, <laughs> yeah, that, that, and um, you know, mostly it's just people on, you know, people on uh, Instagram or something like that, that, you know, they saw the 13th year and then it has a link to, to my Instagram or something like that, but mm-hmm. out in public. Yeah. In Texas uh, it's only women that are, that are in their thirties that are recognized because you know, I got a beard. I'm, you know, I got tons of tattoos. So I, I look, I mean, nothing like I did when I was a little kid, but I guess there's always something in the face that people can, uh, people can recognize you from. For sure. I just, I want some, you know, some Texan in his, in his big pickup truck to come screeching up and like, Oh my gosh, are you from the 13th year? You're my idol. <laughs> no, I get it at bars. You know, really? I'll be sitting at a bar and, and like a wife or something like that. They'll, they'll be like, Oh my God, Hey, you're, Hey, did you do that movie uh, the 13th year? And I'm like, yeah. And then they, you know, they geek out for a second and their husbands hate it, but yeah, it's mostly, it's mostly women in, in their thirties, like my age. Right. Right. That's funny. Does your, I mean, it is, what does your wife think about that? Obviously you met her way after this. I mean, and it's such kind of an odd thing to have happened. You know, I've talked to some people that like did short little things like memes or short acting. They've moved completely past it. But just occasionally they're drawn in to do something goofy like this podcast or cooking with Christy Carlson, Romano, some of these weird things. So what does your wife think when one day you know, you're working a home show and the next year you're drawn back into something you did when you were 16? Oh, I mean, she uh, she actually how we met. She had a she had a crush on me from that from the movie. She's 10 <laughs> years younger than me. And uh, yeah, I, I, I met her at. Um, at a restaurant and uh that was it she had a crush on me she knew who i was and i mean within a couple of weeks she was she was living with me but oh. yeah she she loves it i mean she she loves uh she loves all the stuff christy carlson romano she actually lives here in austin um and she's she's a she's a friend uh ty hodges did did her show and then said you know was like oh i, I did her show and i'm like oh she just asked me to do the same thing. And he's like, Oh, just go and do it. So yeah, I think like the Disney, the Disney people sort of stick together. I'm still friends with a lot of people that I know from Disney. And every time I go to California, I still hang out with them all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Columbus is a really good friend uh, of mine. We're going to barbecue when I go back there, hopefully Ty after he gets back from New York, he's filming a, filming a movie there right now, but 
Yeah, she uh, she loves it. She thought it was uh, you know funny when all my Disney friends uh, showed up to our wedding. You know, yeah. all of her and her friends were like geeking out. <laughs> that is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. No, there's something about I guess that 13th year that you the the two one of the the two main people you and then oh goodness what was it Courtney Draper you both kind of I don't know what it is about that movie but at, soon after you both kind of just went off the grid so apparently that was all you needed. Yeah, you know, it was just a, man, after that, you know, and then the, the uh, working with Disney, Courtney had the same type of experiences I had um, afterwards. And uh, she also, I think, sort of did the same thing. Now she has uh, two babies and is married. And uh, man, she's always traveling. She's she's in Dubai or she's doing her own thing. But um, I think the, that's that era of uh, kids. Um there was just a lot of other stuff, you know, that was, that was going on. And, you know, people would want to force you into, to work in long hours or, uh, you know, force you into doing meetings or, you know, uh, like I said, that, that there's a lot of people that don't have the greatest intentions for kids. And if you don't have the right, uh, surroundings around you, um, then that could, that could really get you. Um, for me, I, I always said no to everything and that's why I ended up not acting. <laughs> I think yeah. Courtney did the same thing. I feel really bad for the, uh, the kid that played the bully, uh, on the 13th year. He actually, I don't want to, I mean, you can look him up, but, uh, um, he didn't do so well. So, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of kids that had, uh, uh vampires around him. Uh, that uh, they didn't have the right people around them in that place. And that, and that time frame, there was a lot of kids that were going through the, the same, the same shit. And nowadays all this stuff is, you know, is coming out. So I feel bad for a lot of those kids that were coming up. Um, and then now, you know, I think it's, everything is going to be a lot better for, for actors. Uh, but yeah, man, that, that movie in that era, there was just a lot of kids uh, that were coming up at the same time and, and nothing was, there was no, and not a lot of internet, right. Not a lot of, Instagram, there's no Instagram or Facebook and not a lot of um, talking to each other unless you just had each other on your little sidekick. So yeah, (laughs) it's a pretty interesting uh, time. I think the next generation did a lot better. That was the Zac Efron generation. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, they all, they all did, did really well. (laughs) Right, Right. For sure. Yeah. So what are you up to these days? Obviously it's been what, almost more than 20 years since, you know, that, that, particular movie so what uh what have you been up to since then are you talked about some businesses yeah so i um me and my brother um owned a window washing company uh in california uh we had you know like 250 storefronts and so we ran that for about 15 years and then we sold that off and we both moved here to texas um my brother opened up a gym and then i started uh doing with house remodeling um and then i got into customizing homes so now i have my own business where i i customize living rooms and kitchens and bathrooms and anything that you see inside the house that somebody wants uh, nice and plush that's what i do so i have a manufacturing company um out here in texas and i have my own little ranch out here been here for i don't know three years out in this spot but i love it man i love being in the country my parents live uh, back down there on the the back 40 <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it's 
it's just a, it's a family affair. So we, we try to, we just keep close. My wife can do as much shopping on Amazon as she wants and, uh, and whatever she wants to do. And this, this business just, uh, keeps me, keeps me busy. So we work, you know, I work about seven days a week, 16 hours a day almost. Uh. Um, so yeah, it's uh, called the shelf King. You can look that up. You probably already have, but, uh, we're starting to send, we, uh, we now just got into, so I can send custom closets, media centers, all that stuff, uh, nationwide. So that's what we're doing, which is a, which is a big push for us. So that should be coming out in the next uh, couple months. So the same thing is like a uh, California closets. I think everybody's heard of California closets. So we, uh, we're doing the same exact thing, except I ship I'm shipping the closet directly to your door and then we can have a uh, handyman come and install it uh, for less than half the price of any, but any of the other competitions. So it's something that no one else is doing right now. And uh, so I have uh, one other partner um, that I'm working with and we're going to be nationwide with it. So we're, we're excited, but it's been just a, a long, a long road of trying to get stuff together, a lot of moving parts, but, you know, I love this. Uh, I love working with my hands and building and uh, this, this sort of anything that has to do with building or um, is, is always been a big drive for me. And uh, being a businessman is something that even as, as a young kid, I never thought that I could do um, because of my dyslexia and I wasn't really good in school and I had to go and do homeschool. So I was like, man, this, I don't think this, this acting thing isn't for me. And I was like, mom, I think I really want to become a, a, a businessman. I want to see if I can succeed in that. Um, and, you know, it's, so it's a, it, it makes me happy to know that, you know, that without all the schooling, you can still, you can still make a, a lot of money and be able to do it if you have the drive for it, just like anything else. For sure. No, I, I'm, I did look up the, the shelf king. Didn't want to completely talk about it without, you know, you mentioning it because I did Notice at least now that it kind of is focused in the Austin area. So I didn't know exactly how far it extended. So happy to hear that you're extending and, and you know, so if for someone who is listening to this and, and, you know, in the next few months are, are interested in that, um, you know, where, where are they going to go to find that? And two, you know, you said that your, your biggest fans now are, are 30, 30 plus year old women and I'm sure they like closets. So I guess the, the question is going to be, are you, are you willing to, to sign a piece of that closet for the 30 year old gal before you send it? <laughs> you know, actually this week, two of my clients uh, recognized me from the 13th year as I was installing closets. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually took pictures with them in the closet um, <laughs> and then one in their, in, in their kitchen. So <laughs> yeah, of, of course, but yeah, in the next couple months, um, the shelf team website is going to be completely revamped. Um, I'm having it, it's being built right now. So it should be done in the next month or two. Uh, but then people can, can give the dimensions of their closet or their kitchen or a media center or garage um, or the inside of their cabinets if they want drawers. And then they can pick what they want. We do 3D rendering on the website. Uh, and then after that, then, uh, they do a deposit of course, and then we ship it out on four by eight pallets directly to their door and then have it, uh, have it installed. And then people can just order it from there, um, nationwide. So anywhere in the United States, we're going to start with and, uh, see how that goes. It's going to be a lot of advertising costs, but, uh, it's, it's well worth it. And we're, we're really excited for this, uh, this next year to come. No, that'll, that'll be awesome. But yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's yeah. been a pleasure. Yeah, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. So 
you know, I, I don't know, you, you are kind of off the grid, so to speak, but how can people, you know, how can people uh, connect with you should, should they want to, or should you want them to? Yeah, if they, you know, if uh, people want to say hi or something like that, I always respond to people um, on Instagram. Um, you know, I get it's so many fans that, that are just saying, hey, we loved, I loved your movie or uh, you changed my life or something like that. And which is weird, but okay. But yeah, if you just go to my Instagram, uh, Ches Starbuck, uh, you can send me a message there and I always reply to people. I think it's really nice. Um, and it's, it's amazing that people are still watching the movie. It's great that uh, Disney Plus uh, put it on there as well. Um, I still get residuals, so thank you, Disney Plus. <laughs> I'm getting those things monthly. Uh, I got go. a big upcharge after that. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, oh, yeah. Send me a, send me a message on there, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be happy to to respond to anybody. Well, very good. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. I really appreciate it. You too, my man. And that was my interview with Ches Starbuck. I guess we should say Cesare Sarnella now. Um, we, we learned a little bit more about his name at the beginning of this interview, but really enjoyed speaking with him. Um, I, I do want to point out, towards kind of the end when we started talking about Shelf King, I did interview him a, a month or two ago, so we did kind of talk about things coming out you know, in the next month, the next two months. Some of that uh, is very well probably out already because uh, it is a, a little bit of an older interview. So check out Shelf King should, uh, should that be of interest. Definitely be on his website. That's how I found him. Really, really quality work. Uh, if it's something that you, you want to get more organized or um, want, uh, want some of those aesthetically pleasing details that he can provide, definitely say uh, check that out. Amazing guy, and uh, he does amazing work as well. But uh, hope you enjoyed this one. Hope that, uh, you know, like I was mentioning in the beginning of this interview, that if it was part of your childhood, just like it was mine, to Friday nights watch those Disney Channel original movies, to uh, it, it was just a, a cool situation to be able to, to talk to somebody who started one of those movies, who, uh, you know, did, uh, did a lot of really, really cool things as a, a teenager, um, and uh, with the opportunities that this movie provided, and now still doing a lot of really, really amazing things. Uh, I always like to kind of hear, you know, the where are they now story, and uh, this is a, a happy story for sure. He's doing some, some really cool things still. So thanks for being here. I thank Ches for being here. Do check him out on, on Instagram at Ches Starbuck. Check us out on Instagram at Not In The Huff Podcast, on Facebook, on JacksonHuff.com. We're everywhere. Tell a friend about this podcast. Always would appreciate that. Uh, appreciate you being here. Appreciate Chaz being here. Take it away, Chris. This has been Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff. Thank you for listening. Be sure to join us next time where we will interview another amazing guest who is sure to make you laugh or make you think, or hey, maybe even both. But until then, keep being awesome. <laughs>